This is the Providers, Properties, and Performance Podcast, the podcast that brings together leaders in healthcare and investment real estate to consider the possibilities in future at the intersection of practicing medicine and healthcare real estate investment returns. Welcome to the Providers, Properties, and Performance Podcast. I am your host, Trisha Talbot. As a healthcare real estate advisor to providers and investors, the best solutions occur when the two collaborate together as partners in delivering better patient care. Providers can deliver care to their patients when and where they need it, and investors realize the returns to build and manage facilities. We explore changes in medicine and wellness, the future of healthcare, and using real estate as a strategic and financial tool. Welcome to today's episode of the Providers, Properties, and Performance podcast. This week's episode is where Sharon Lecter interviewed me for the Women Investing Network podcast, and we discussed the healthcare real estate industry asset class and its value to investors and physicians. This show is produced by the Hartman Media Company. For more information and links to all our great podcasts, visit hartmanmedia.com. Welcome to WIN, the Women Investing Network, the podcast where you can learn from successful entrepreneurs, business leaders, and real estate investors who are winning in business and life. Learning from others is the fastest way to grow your skills, gain knowledge, and avoid pitfalls so you can win. Join your hosts, Jason Hartman and Rich Dad author Sharon Lecter. Sharon is a business mentor, international speaker, and best selling author. Jason is a self-made multimillionaire investor, entrepreneur, and highly acclaimed thought leader. Together with their successful guests, you'll get the tools you need to win. Welcome to this segment of the Women Investing Network. This is Sharon Lecter, and I'm delighted to be your host. And today I get to meet a new friend and introduce her to you as well, Trisha Talbot. She happens to be a neighbor here in Scottsdale. I'm in Paradise Valley. And she is a healthcare real estate advisor to both healthcare providers as well as investors in this space. And I love it because it's something that you know we t- talk about having a niche. And welcome, Trisha. Thank you so much for being with me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Well, what I'd like to do is I'd like to start off with a little bit of little Trisha and how you, number one, found your way into real estate, and then number two, how you specialize. So tell us a little bit about how you got started. Sure. Um, so my, my mother and my aunts had a residential uh, real estate firm for several years, and I, um, I knew that I did not want to go into residential. So I was doing a job change, and I had... Um, I was also getting my MBA. So I thought that I would go into commercial real estate and I was uh, hired by a developer here in town that we all know, um, the Plaza Companies that specializes in developing and owning and managing leasing medical office buildings. And I was, um, I really enjoyed helping these physicians with their space. I, they were, um, they're busy. They don't have a lot of time. They need information quickly. Um, and you know, you you know, if you're helping to support these physicians in delivering healthcare, I thought that was pretty cool. And just seeing how uh, this was also when I first got into it, it was kind of the dot com uh, phase. So I I also sort of saw on the horizon of what we're kind of seeing right now. I knew it would take a while, but I was like, you know, with with all of this. Um, the internet and computers becoming more prolific, it's going to be interesting to see how the workforce, you know, there'll always be need for office space and for some jobs, but 
you know, for knowledge workers, I don't know that they're always going to have to be in an office space um, five days a week. So I'm like, you know, I don't necessarily want to go into office, but medical office, it's different because it's mission critical and demand driven. You know, you have to, to get a physical examination you have to go see a, a doctor and this has to happen in a facility or, you know, in procedures and surgeries and, you know, um, and, and healthcare, it has to happen someplace in a building. So I thought, you know, it's sustainable. It's, there's a reason for the development. It's not development for just development's sake. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, you're, you're helping people. Oh, I love that. I think that's great. And so certainly you, you kind of touched on it. One of the, obviously with what we see now, a tremendous amount of demand for um, residential real estate and commercial and industrial um, is a little different story. And certainly for the medical side, I think you're in a very good space. So talk a little bit about what you're seeing in the industry right now, given the craziness in the real estate overall. In medical or, or commercial real estate in general? In, in medical, in, in your field. Because I think a lot of people hear about the, you know, some commercial office spaces are becoming, you know, less occupied because people are moving and shifting at home. And yet industrial seems to be going strong. So tell us a little bit about what's happening in, in the medical field. Yeah, well, I, it was already starting before COVID, but COVID really, um, you know, I think, think sped up a lot of plans. So before COVID medical was, you know, the, the hospital really just wants to do acute care services and that's what they're designed for. That's what they're built for. That's what their revenue model is for. So anything that's not acute care, it's better for the hospital and, and the physicians, quite frankly, to have it outside the hospital. So um, it's outpatient centers, be it surgery centers, diagnostic centers, um, medical office buildings, all of those were coming outside of the hospital. And then what happened um, in, you know, with the, with the healthcare reform uh, and the, you know, there being this cost shift, a lot of healthcare, a lot of hospitals and healthcare companies wanted to further, um, you know, put primary care, community, community medicine, you know, the internal medicine, um, family practice, pediatricians, you know, the, the, the first people you go to when you first get sick to get referrals to go to other people, uh, they want to put those actually where people live instead of having them drive. So, you know, if you have, you need, um, you know, you just have a cold or uh, a flu or something, you need to get checked. That's where why these urgent cares started becoming so popular as well to try to get these, you know, triage primary care services where people can come and see them quickly. So that started to happen. And, and it is even more so at first, um, I think hospitals, you know, they're, they're trying to do a couple different hospital and healthcare companies have different strategies where they're buying prim, uh, family practice, existing pr- family practice, um, uh, businesses, or they're buying, they're, they're employing the physicians for primary care, putting them under their umbrella. And then, um, you know, just in, in order to have people come to them for primary care. And then if they need acute care, you know, they go to the associated hospital brand that they're, they're doing business for. And that is just sort of exacerbated with COVID. I think one, you know, um, patients, you know, hospitals got overrun with um, COVID patients and, you know, for good reason, but, you know, if there was 
a system in place to maybe triage some of the less severe cases and be able to treat them outside the hospital and then have the most severe cases in the hospital, you know, for unfortunately the next pandemic, which, you know, we'll probably see. But, um, you know, I think now that now that model was starting to happen, COVID just, you know, made it explode. And now there's a lot of activity, you know, with both of those strategies going on, basically getting everything that's not acute care out of the hospital and then strategically placing them in different um, locations you know, in order to treat patients. Good. And so for people that are listening, they're just wanting to get into real estate investing or expand in this market. um, What's your advice to them from a standpoint of investing in the medical side? You obviously connect providers with investors. I don't know if you do syndications, but so how, how would somebody look to find the right type of opportunities in this, in this niche? So there's a there's a couple of different ways. I mean, one you can um, just start investing. There's real estate investment trusts that specialize in healthcare. So if you want to just do it, you know, on a on buy shares in a publicly traded real estate investment trust, they're always out there. Um, and you know, you can and do it that way from a small scale. If you want to start getting into it, you know, I kind of divide the market and buyers to below five million. Um, and even 1 million, so there's probably 1 million and below and then 5 million and below and 1 million, you know, there's a lot of 1031 investors that, um, they have other pieces of real estate, um, that they want to basically get out of one piece and into another. So there's some smaller assets, um, some office condos for, uh, um, for practices that, you know, bought their, bought a condo. So sometimes you can get those for about a million dollars. Those are attractive for some smaller investors. And then, you know, I, I, the next level up is about 5 million. Um, and that is usually a, a private, it is a private real estate company. Sometimes it is one owner, a private owner, but sometimes it is like a partnership where there's a couple owners. Uh, they tend to do maybe some raising of some funds and then obviously putting debt. And then there's, there's a the bigger level of that, which I, I call it's still private investing, but five to 15 million. Um, and those are real estate investment companies, um, that do actively raise capital from a couple of different sources. They t- sometimes they joint venture and then, um, above 15 million, you start getting into the institutional and they just have different, they do different types of capital that, um, you know, focuses on larger acquisitions. So, you know, I think it depends on how much you're looking to invest and then, you know, how much risk you want and if you want partnerships to share the risk or you want to go it alone. But um, as far as lenders, and there's lots of capital out there that would joint venture with um, somebody that's looking to invest, there's, um, you know, it's an attractive asset class. uh, And the good, you know, people, a lot of people are chasing the good deals right now. um, Because they see, you know, there's a lot of good things going on with, um, medical office, real estate, um, just along, you know, uh, COVID, the baby boomers, all of this. I mean, there's just demographics everywhere that support um, the need for, for healthcare facilities, especially because in 2008 and 2009, when that downturn happened, um, medical office development really contracted to where it became needs-based. Um, so to, to the, to such a constricted um, point that a lot of 
now, you know, if it's like um, Cigna does a lot of their own build the suits where they'll buy the land and then build the building because there's just, they go into, um, sometimes they go into new markets and there's actually no, you know, there's just not a lot of development. There's a grocery store and houses and maybe like a strip center and maybe a couple other um, small places, but there's no medical office building of, you know, like there's not a 20 to 40,000 square foot multi-tenant medical office building that exists. So they go and they buy the land and build their own building. Um, there's a, so, you know, the, the demand is high. The supply is either medium to low usually. So obviously that's good. That's, that's um, good for sellers. And then for buyers, though, it, it, you really do kind of need to partner with somebody that knows what they're doing because you have to react pretty fast and, and know what you're buying. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you are the founder and CEO of Doc Properties. So tell us what's, what's the future for Doc Properties and how can people find you? Sure. Well, my website is uh, docproperties.com, D-O-C properties.com. And, um, you know, I, I, I help on the, on the investment side. If you're an investor looking to get into it, uh, into the asset class, you know, I, I look for properties based on your requirements. Um, I have people I can joint venture you and, and, and put things together. Um, a lot of for physician owners, I help them a lot. Um, there, there's a lot of capital out there that would joint venture with a practice that's looking to expand and they don't have to, you know, use all of their operating capital, so to speak, to, to build and develop their real estate. There's people that will do that and give them ownership just for signing the lease in the property. So there's, um, there's a lot of different ways that you can be successful as an own and own a, a piece of the real estate. And depending on how much you want to own and operate and, and do all of that, um, you know, is in the, different for each investor, but there, but whatever the requirement is of how you want to own it and operate it, how much time you want to spend, doing that, you know, there's, there's partners that there's, I mean, there's a whole list of um, industry specialists from architects, general contractors, um, property managers, asset managers, everything that's specifically focused on this asset class that can add a lot of value. Well, thank you, Trisha. For everybody listening, it's important to underscore the importance of having somebody that is knowledgeable in that area. I mean, doctors, healthcare providers, they've spent a large chart piece of their life, getting trained to be specialists at what they do. And they may not be the specialists and more, most likely they are not. And most actually probably almost all the time, they are not specialists in real estate. And so by providing this opportunity, Trisha gives them the ability to make those decisions that will accelerate their success, not to cause them to make a a few mistakes along the way. So it's really important for, if you are a healthcare provider, if you know one that is looking for for, um, real estate investing, it's really important to have them align with people who know the space excel in the space. And a lot of times, Trish, I would venture to say you probably know about opportunities before the rest of the world knows about it because you probably get the call before a lot of people, other people do, right? I do. Yeah. There's people that, you know, they, they want to sell, but they don't necessarily want to have everybody know about it. And a lot of the, those transactions do happen before they go to market. Um, and, you know, there's people out there that don't necessarily, yeah, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, I guess before behind market, the scenes. but behind yeah. the scenes, behind the scenes discussions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's nice to have, you have a lot of requirements on 
needs and wants. And, you know, as you, as you talk to people, you're able to put them together. Yeah, no, I think that's fantastic. So I congratulate you on your success. I um, thank you and appreciate you for coming on and sharing your wisdom and um, make sure you guys go visit docproperties.com because you also have a partner. So it's woman, a woman-led firm, which I want to applaud and very excited to continue to highlight women in real estate. And so, Tricia, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom today. Thank you, Sharon. I appreciate it. And for all of you watching and listening, thank you so much for being part of this uh, segment of Women Investing Network. If there's anything I can do to support you, just reach out to me, info at SharonLector.com. If not, you are fabulous. Have a fantastic day. And don't forget, real estate is the investment of the future. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Women Investing Network. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes or the platform of your choice. You can find the show notes and resources for today's episode at womeninvestingnetwork.com. Remember, the guest opinions are their own and information is of general nature, so be sure to consult appropriate tax, legal, or other professionals for specific advice. I'm grateful for you tuning in to the Providers, Properties, and Performance podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast with others. As a disclaimer, this podcast is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only and not intended for specific real estate investment advice.